we are now part of the Enlight Podcast Network. With such awesome shows like Trek Off, Pop Off, The Hot Mess Podcast with Phil Stamper, and Ninjas vs. You. Subscribe to those. They're going to be fun. It's going to be neat. But we're still number one. Because we're supposed to be. Because we're the oldest. Endlightpodcast.com. Go there. Hello and welcome to Pop Off. I'm Justin and with me today is a lady who I just met for the very first time. <laughs> um, this is my wife, uh, uh, Kelly. Um, hi. Hi. Today. It's nice to meet you. Uh, Today we are um, discussing how we are a house divided, um, in that Kelly is a fan of a pop culture phenomenon, um, of which I am decidedly not a fan. Yes, um, you are. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm generally... It's interesting in that I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it, but I'm interested what happens with it. You're a fan of arguing about it. I'm, I haven't... <laughs> inter- You're a fan of disliking it. Someone said to me once that the opposite of love is not hate, it's disinterest. And I'm certainly not disinterested in this. I I, am, I find it an interesting topic, which is why we're discussing it, because uh, hopefully a lot of you do too. Um, I'm certain that there are people who are just not going to tune into this because it's Twilight. I hope that some of you who thought about not tuning in are listening, um, because hopefully Kelly can explain sort of the appeal. Um, and for those of you who like it, I will try not to make it a Twilight Bash. I did that on uh, I did that on the very first episode of Trek Off, which is on the Enlight Podcast Network on EnlightPodcast.com. Plug, um, <laughs> and uh, and I will try not to do that. So, um, this is Kelly. This is your uh, first podcast, huh? Um, yes, officially. Yeah, um, you're on the you're on the director's commentary of uh, of Ninjas vs Vampires, which is coming out on May third. Plug. Um, uh, <laughs> and I'm faint in the background of one of the trek offs somewhere, one of the early ones. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You are sitting like on the, the couch. Second in the background. or third episode, but you left halfway through. Yeah. Um, hard to get you on to this. I hope this is the first of many. Um, we'll we've many, we have many things to talk about, but uh, but this is probably the one. Uh, which which has led a lot of led us to a lot of uh, discussion in our house. Um, so why don't you tell me how you got into? Uh, how did you get into and discover Twilight? Uh, oh boy, uh, was probably a mixture of two or three different friends and coworkers who all said, "Hey, there's this Twilight book. You have to read it. You have to read it." And I've I've always been a fan of vampires and vampire romance. Um, Go ahead and say love. It. What were you a fan of? Love, 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 Buffy and Angel. Yeah. As was I. <laughs> but As even a, a even fan. predating that, even back when I was a teen or a preteen, I read the um, the Vampire Diaries, which is now a show, which I refuse to watch because I just don't know how I they could know make it. I didn't know you read good. that. Yes, I did. People like that. People I, I absolutely that loved it. That was probably my first vampire romance. I think was Boone from Lost is on that show. I think he's like the main character. I just can't. I can't bring myself to watch it because it's. It seems like it. Um, it it seems like it would be a kid show or something. I had to push her mouth all Sorry. the way to the mic because she didn't <laughs> want to be on mic. Um. Yes, but anyway. So I my love of vampires and the romance from vampires goes. Well, this back. is. I just learned something about you. I didn't know. <laughs> We've been married for fourteen years. I had yes. no idea that you had a. A vampire, a ro- vampire romantic teen thing predating Buffy. Yep. Um, yeah. Interesting. And then Buffy, we got into watching together 
but um, was always fun for me to watch the the romance between Angel and Buffy and, and sp- later and Spike yeah, and, and I don't later. want to say anything else to spoil. <laughs> but um, but then so my my friends said that I should read this, and I'm trying to remember if this was um, pre us having a child or. Right around that time. Oh, it was, I think it was post. It was definitely post. It was, yeah. It was definitely okay. post. Because I know that I kind of put the rest of my entire life on hold once I started reading the books because I, oh, I got remember. absolutely obsessed. And I know you um, complained quite a lot yeah. about like, how just things the that house and done. laundry and everything pretty Not, much. By the way, I don't want to paint a picture that you're the <laughs> only one who doesn't because no. you know there are they're, they're ladies listening going, well, why didn't he do the damn laundry? <laughs> no, he does all the cooking. I, Sorry, do, all the, I do the cleaning. <laughs> um, but during that month or so, I did absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing. at all whatsoever <laughs> for a month. Um, it was like having a crack addict. In that. <laughs> but I just couldn't help it. I couldn't tear myself away. And I know a lot of other f- women who said the same thing and not just teenage girls. And I thought, you know, when I first read it, the first book is a little bit slow, especially the first half of the first book. And so I really wondered what on earth were my friends talking about? How could they say this is this wonderful book? But by the time I got through the end of the first book, I was hooked and I think read all four within a period of weeks. And so to, um, so so to uh, assert my, um, my credentials as an expert in the field, uh, I did something that not every husband would do. You're a very loving husband. Um, you, I, I wanted to know what the deal was, and I didn't know what the deal was, and that bothered me. So I did what any husband would do, and I went ahead and read them too. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, they, you, you might want to be careful. Sorry. Putting, putting things down the table. Bum, 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 bum. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I wanted to know what they were about. I went, I, did I? I had heard the the criticism um, more than the praise from my fr- my friends and and you know the, any the the desire to dislike anything that is a, a uh, that that is sort of something that is just sort of wide like the Justin Bieber's of the world. We, do, we none of us were really into that. We've always been, you know, I've al- I've always been a fan of things that were a little bit counterculture. That like I I like things that had strong vocal fan bases but you know if you look in the music that i like bare naked ladies ben folds five buffy even star trek um there was either a stigma attached to or a um just like the mainstream everybody didn't like that so when twilight came out and it seemed just like a fad i i had no interest i had no interest in in participating in that um but but it's a wonderful fad. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I picked it up and I read it and I read uh, all of the books and I have seen the first three movies and I have read the production notes on the movies and I've, I've, I have ingested almost as much data as you when it comes to Twilight. Um, almost. I've ingested, but not digested, I think, as much. I think that you continue to regurgitate it in your own mind and live yes. it and love it. So, um, what is the story of Twilight? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, how do I describe Twilight? Follows Twilight. Uh, it follows this girl, um, Bella. Bella Swan, played by is it Kirsten in, or Kristen? Kristen Stewart in the movie. Kristen, but let's right, just Stewart. let's stick. Okay, books. Let's so stick just books. in the books, 
uh, Bella Swan. Spoiler alert for who, all four books um, and all the movies. Um, all four and a half books uh, and the movies because we will touch them all. Okay. So Bella Swan is this uh, very sort of just normal average but sort of klutzy girl um, whose parents are divorced and she has come for some reason, I don't remember why, to live in the Forks. Doesn't, um, doesn't her mom like have a new boyfriend? That Her mom has yeah, a new time. husband, I think. and they Yeah, something like that. They want to have some time. She wants to give them some time to themselves or something. I don't. I don't really remember that piece of it. Well, let's and let's let's look at what we'll sort of hit it all at the same time. The first difference between the the movies and the books is that in the movies, Bella Swan does not strike me in any way as normal. She doesn't really in the books either. Um, she strikes me as very emo, very sort of not almost socially awkward. I mean, al- almost Asperger's like she just like doesn't. Like especially in the movie, she just seems. She to seems have, depressed. She seems depressed the all the time in the movies, and I, I didn't get that in the book, though. Yeah, I and I sort of felt like I don't. I don't remember if I read the books before I saw the movies. I think I read the books first, um, and I actually got that sense in the book that she seemed sort of unhealthy. I kind of pictured her like just the normal average girl in the books. I I associated myself with her, which I guess is what you're supposed to do when you're reading it. Um, she is the protagonist. Uh, which I guess is also awkward for when a guy's reading it, right? <laughs> but um, but she's this normal girl who she's moved to this new town. She's, I guess, been there a couple times before, but it seems like it's been a really long time since she maybe visited her dad there. Um, and in the course of going through the school day, she notices this um, these four or five uh, other teens who are sitting off by themselves and are all very very well she barely notices four of them well (laughs) she notices one in particular edward um and so her new friends there uh clue her into who these people are and that they're oh yeah they're always off by themselves and there's just this immediate connection between her and the character edward cullen and so the movie just centered or the book rather sorry both but um centers around their relationship as it develops and unfolds. And um, I believe it, it starts with him being drawn to her scent, the scent of her blood. Well, yeah. Like when I, there's like this weirdness when she, when she first goes, uh, when she like first, like in, like in the, the, in the movie, it's awful. Yeah. In the movie, he, he looks like he's going to vomit. Well <laughs> um uh geez in my pants um <laughs> not my words um yeah. uh but they like in, in the in the movie it's it's very much like he just can't stand to be around her and and to jump ahead a little bit we later find out through various machinations and her figuring stuff out and talking to the local indian tribe that he is actually a a vampire and yeah <laughs> and can you describe the, the the vampires in the world of Twilight? Would you mind doing that for me? Um, in what way? What do you, What do you mean? What do you? Oh, mean? what can for, they do? What? What? By why what's are different about? Why them, are they or? not? Why are they not human? Um, well, because they're dead <laughs> and yet still alive. Um, similar to other vampire lore, they, I believe, you know, don't have a beating heart under there. Um, they were changed at the time of their death. And most of the vampires 
in the world um, do feed on humans for blood. But this particular group of vampires in Twilight, the Cullens, um, have decided to, for all intents and purposes, be vegetarians. I in that they, what they only call themselves animal blood. And let, yes, they only have animal blood and they, they don't feed from humans. And they're trying to still live as much a human life and existence as they can, even though they are no longer alive and human. Okay. Um, they are very fast, very strong, like a lot of other and vampire And sunlight lore. makes them burst into flames. No. <laughs> oh, sunlight, sunlight burns them and uh, they have to may, go away. It makes them sparkle, which is, yes, that's a silly part. But <laughs> And their skin is like rock hard. Um, and very cold and like, yeah, like yeah, granite. Like stone, which is weird. Yeah. But... But a lot of the other stuff is the same. Well, let's say let's say that that's that's probably where, I as a mistake that that I would say that if you're trying to enthrall vampire enthusiasts, that that was the first misstep, the sparkling. Um, it takes an edge of danger off of the vampires that that exists otherwise, and I think that. And again, I don't want to in any way insinuate that Stephanie Meyer has failed in terms of creating something that is accepted, because certainly there are a, a, a boatload of people who accept it. But in terms of vampire enthusiasts in particular, I think the sparkle is is where she loses. She loses the, the vampire fans yeah. with the sparkle, because the romance has been there in, in... I mean, Dracula had romance. I mean, that was part of but what it's Dracula also, did. But it's also... I think that in the book... The sparkle didn't bother me as much. It was it was weird that it didn't cause them to burst into flames, but it was just kind of passed off as like, oh, that's just a myth, and that doesn't, you know, that's it. It's that they stay out of the sunlight because they don't want to be discovered, and so there's still this thing that they can't go out in the sun. It's not like, you know, it's not like it gives yeah. them an excuse that they can roam around during the day. They still and also they can't be killed by stakes. They can't. No. I don't remember that. And I don't think they can be killed by being set on fire either. Oh, yeah. I think they can only they be can, killed they by have being to be like completely ripped. disassembled. Yeah. <laughs> ripped um, apart. I love the idea that you could conceivably cut them in half and the two halves could like, that would you be know, weird. the legs would walk around. I mean, it's look, it's a conceit that has existed. It's a it's a Highlander conceit. You know, if you cut off one of the immortals heads in, in Highlander, it will kill them. What if you cut off them? What if you cut them in half at the waist? You know, but... Again, not being able to be staked, um, and the the typical way of killing vampires, there's no vulnerability there. They stand; no human stands a chance against a vampire. There, there would be no point. So, once you get to that conceit that no human can possibly stand up to a vampire, you end up losing ninety percent of every vampire story that's ever existed. But it also makes it, I I think even more appealing that there's this um i guess sort of superhero godlike creature that can't be destroyed by a mere mortal and yet he is absolutely devoted and in love and head over heels for a mere mortal well, and, and I that's think the, that's the appeal of the story. Geez, I mean, really, I, okay. And we'll get we'll get to the appeal of the story and their relationship. Um, finishing out the first story, uh, in the first story, she gets um, uh, in with the family. They start hanging out, and then while they're all playing a baseball game, someone comes up. 
Uh, yeah, and it's been a while since I've seen the first movie or read the first book, so I may need your help on plot stuff. It's Lucius and Victoria and James who come up to them. Oh, yes. And, and essentially the bottom line james uh is is there's there are these other vampires friends with the cullens uh they are not vegetarians respectful of each other and they say okay we're gonna leave you alone uh but james who thinks he's hot shit um sort of wants to go after bella because a she is really enticing to all vampires and b he recognizes that edward would be a challenge and he's kind of a a wolverine type character almost like saber tooth actually various saber tooth type character in both his look and his behavior and that he's he's like okay she's going to be my prey in as much that i want to taste that you know awesome tasting human but also in that i want the challenge of taking on edward and the cullens and that's what he does that's his thing so eventually no well let's go back because they know about this because they all have certain abilities these cullens they're not just vampires they're also super duper vampires yes so let's to to spell it out the mother doesn't seem to have any powers no and the dad doesn't have any powers except that he's a doctor yeah he and then just, he's he just seems to be somewhat somewhat immune through teaching himself somewhat immune to the smell of blood he's able to handle that and be a doctor even though he's a vampire and not be too tempted by it but then the uh the the rest of the family are superheroes yes Uh, sort of well you start with uh emmett who's super strong and uh alice who can alice can see the future or a possible possible future possible futures jasper um jasper has the ability to sort of project or control emotions yep. in his immediate surrounding. Um, and then Edward, who Who's can read minds. And is super fast. And, yeah. He, is he super fast? Yeah, he's like book? the fast. They talk about how fast oh, he okay. is. Um, but his big thing is that he can re- read minds except for Bella's for some reason. So, essentially, you have... You, you have um, the... Emmett's like the beast from the original X-Men. And Jasper is like uh, Empath from the New Mutants. And uh, and uh, Edward's a little bit like Xavier, um, <laughs> and Alice is like um, Precog, uh, or like Suki Stackhouse, or no, it's, no, Suki can read minds. That's Edward. Um, she's like someone else who could tell the future in some other thing that I don't know. <laughs> Precog, a Mystique's friend in the X Men. If you X Men friends, both of you, you will know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Uh, so they all kind of have powers and Alice sees that James is going to come after Bella in some place that is covered in mirrors. And so they go to run away and, and like Al- like Bella goes with Alice and then Bella escapes from Alice and then they end up going to the, the dance studio where Bella used to train and, and James has her there and eventually uh, the Cullens all show up to save the day and Edward fights James. We hear later. Um, <laughs> um, and and that, they destroy him. Yeah. And that's sort of the end of the first book. And then at the very end of the first book, she asks Edward to... To turn her... Into a vampire. Yes. Because she's tired of being fragile. And, and as it is, she's clumsy anyway. But now having other... I'm sorry if you heard me drinking that juice box. <laughs> and now having other vampires who have come after her and the thought that this could p- 
potentially continue happening as she continues to date Edward. Um, she doesn't want him to always have to be looking after and protecting her. She wants to be strong too. And she doesn't really, she's so wrapped up in him. She doesn't really care about losing her human life or not aging when the rest of her family does or anything else. And then the book ends and then you get into book two where, where Edward already has a problem with this request. He's already feeling guilty about what happened before, but he is kind of dealing with that guilt. And then Bella has a birthday party and all hell breaks loose. And she accidentally gets cut and suddenly. And Jasper pounces because he's the newest. Who has who has vampire in their clan. Yeah. Jasper, who has never before gone this nuts and never again will over the course of the book even seem to want (laughs) to go this nuts. Um, immediately goes nuts after supposedly like he's never like he evidently he's been in high school for a hundred years and has never seen blood um <laughs> not not to be gross but like girls in high school i mean you know there's right. there's blood but there's but there's blood and that's the thing in gym class there's blood things happen you get the wow. sense they didn't go to gym class a whole lot because they're always like wearing like like 1980s cardigan sweaters and stuff. Yeah, I think they skipped some classes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I'm sorry if I got gross there. I didn't mean to, but it's just, like, <laughs> but the, but the fact is, is there is there like one of my big problems there is just, you know, the premise that suddenly Jasper has gone, you know, batshit crazy for 10 seconds uh, is Again, didn't like it. But anyway, okay. So this is where... Now, granted, in the first book, um, uh, Edward was overbearing to a point. Uh, in the first book, he controlled what she did a little bit. He he uh, he wouldn't let her do some things that she wanted because he felt that it would be dangerous for her. He kind of was, was a little overbearing to her. But in the second book... Edward proves what a what a douche nozzle he is um, in that after this happens he leaves yeah he's like bye he just yes. leaves, doesn't say anything and but just he leaves but, but it's because he uh, I know that bothers you it bothers me too but well it, I mean it's it's and it's it's this it sort of exemplifies because over the course of, the, of all the books, and I mean, we might as well hit this now. One of the issues that I have with Edward is that not only do I consider the writing to be bad, but I consider the relationship to be a, an abusive one, um, a highly abusive one. That's a relationship that starts where, like, she says, I want to do this. And he says, no, you can't. And she says, I want to do this. And he says, no, she goes to do it anyway. And then he, like, breaks her car so that she can't and he 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 doesn't let her do the things that she wants to do isn't it like that because i can tell you because that's when we're about to introduce the character we he we met him in the first book it becomes very important the second jacob i'm not alone in saying these things the character jacob is like is kind of like who the f does this guy think he is like why you know one of the things she likes about jacob jacob's like yeah get on the motorcycle let's ride for a while he's like that for a while and then he also becomes like it yeah but i don't i don't know i never until you pointed it out once you pointed it out then i could see it somewhat but i will begrudgingly agree to a point but i never saw it that way when i was reading the books i didn't i didn't ever see it as him being overbearing i just saw it as him looking out and not just overbearing but like i i didn't see downright abusive i saw it as him being protective of her because he knew 
he knows the things that are out there much better than she does and he's sure. trying to protect her from that but he won't, and he won't tell her he about took the, the things. starter from her car or whatever it was he that won't he did. tell yeah okay but he goes he goes i know better her. i know better than you and that will protect you i am now going to completely leave and that will protect well yes you. that was a weird choice he he decided um, that he was going to leave her for her own good because she would be better off without him since that would somehow keep all the other vampires away from her. Well, I'll say about the second book and movie, it's an improvement over the first in both cases. Um, And that scene, by the way, just glossing over, it doesn't do it justice that not not just the scene, but the, the, the reading of the book. I mean, for anybody who's read that book. It is one of the more creative choices she makes. I'll give her, I'll give her credit for this. All the people that I've talked to have had the same all the females, I'll say, because I don't know that you necessarily had the same um, experience. I'm certain that I did. <laughs> we did, but um, but all all of my girlfriends and I talked about. Oh, can you believe that that point in the book? He he leaves. She's out in the woods. Which okay, that was a little bit weird that he left her like standing in the middle of the woods. But but he leaves. He's like, I don't love you anymore. And I'm leaving, and he's gone. And she just collapses to the ground. And doesn't know what to do with herself. And then and then you just see, like, once somebody comes and saves her and brings her back in her house, the next few pages are just October, flip, November, flip, December, flip, January. And I yeah. bawled my eyes out. And I, I know that so many of my friends told me they did the same thing. They just, it just, I mean, I could feel what they were describing for her, that this this uh, hole in her gut or whatever, the way, however exactly it was that it was described. I could feel that. I could feel the, the difficulty getting a breath and the, you know, it, it was just so, whatever it was about the way that Stephanie Meyer wrote that, that whole thing happening was just so real. Okay. So, so that being said, <laughs> so that, so that being said, um, we meet the character of Jacob. We met him before, but now we kind of really meet him. And we turns out that Jacob, um, along with being a freewheeling, uh, uh, kind of a, an adventurer, kind of the, you know, the if, if Edward is one kind of bad boy, Jacob is the other kind of bad boy. If, if Edward's the kind of dark, emo, Marilyn Manson bad boy, then Jacob is the, come on, let's party bad boy. Um but then Jacob suddenly gets very serious and we find out that he is not such a bad boy just because of how he is, but the, he is in fact a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> boy, this chick can't catch a break in the, in the third one. In the third one, she meets aliens. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. Just happened to randomly, <laughs> randomly werewolf guy. Yes. Um, who she's been like, she they the fam his family and her family have been friends. She's known sure. of him, and they played together as kids and stuff. Sure, um, and with, she'd like throw with, a ball, and he'd go run after it. <laughs> go fetch Jacob. Um, now Jacob is he's a tough one for me because you know there there's the whole um, there's a whole camp that's team Edward and a whole camp that's team Jacob, and I had friends on both sides of it most were team edward i was definitely 100 percent team edward reading the books but um it's hard for me now because having seen the movies 
the movies made me much more Team Jacob. Now, do you think that that's because simply of the casting, which I will say that uh, Taylor Lautner is a better actor than Robert Pattinson? Or do you think that it's because in the book, you only ever hear things from her point of view, but watching it from an objective point of view, watching the same events, suddenly you realize that, that, you know, Edward is a douche hat. No, it wasn't that I realized that Edward was a douche hat. Well, but more of a douche hat, because you realize that Jacob is actually... It was, it was not, I think, that I... He's not incorrect about the things he says about Edward. He's not. Even no. even objectively, he is not incorrect. And in the book, he seems... Uh, Bell is always kind of going, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, and in the and, movie, and there you is, can, you're um, from the outside looking in instead of from the inside looking in. There, Yeah, and there might be some truth to that, that it's reading the books it's all her point of view and so it's all about like nothing else matters but how she feels about nothing edward <laughs> but um but in the movie partially the casting and partially just seeing it from his point of view or from an outsider's point of view and seeing how much jacob cares for her and it's so hard it is very hard sometimes to see from that outside point of view or from his point of view why she would pick edward and and to see him lose her and <coughs> and not get Sorry. the girl when he I, it's like I, I get so torn I just I want them both to win <laughs> I want them both to be able to somehow get her and clone her and see just and I her. and I feel like Jacob is the lesser of two evils I feel like no. he's also kind of also kind of an ass he's really inconsistent everything like one moment he loves her one moment he, he's pissed at her he won't talk to her then he's back like next to her going i'm your best friend i'll always be there for you and then he's gone again he makes ultimate he, he, he well he's going through some major he's, major he, changes no in he's his not life. no but the thing is he goes through those changes he goes past those changes and he's still like like you know like not able to go like as by the third one let's go to the third one so by by the end of the the second one um by the end of the second one uh Edward has decided to commit vampire suicide by stepping out into the light in the middle of a public square uh, in Rome, um, where the vampire, the Volturi, who are the vampire, uh, kind of the overlords the of the vampires. Uh, let's take half royal family and half kind of like 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 sixteenth, seventeenth century Spanish inquisitors. You know, they're they're they are the law. They are the law, but they are also sort of the 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 royalty. They are because they have armies and stuff. So they they are the vampire government, um, for lack of a better term. Uh, and he's going to go step out in the sunlight in front of in front of everyone, uh, and then the vulture are going to have to come and kill him. And and again, here's and, a, and here's a guy who's his whole family would probably have to pay the price. Look what look what they do to Bree. You know, in later on, his whole family would probably have had to pay the price for that. Um, vampires might be completely outed by him doing that. He's going to go out like of all the things he could do, he could he could find. I mean, he could find some effort, some MFers to rip him up. I mean, he could let Jacob do it, or he could find some other wolves, or he could go, you know, find some other beings. He, I mean, if he were to go to, you know, someone like Lucius and go, hey, listen. Listen, I don't want to do this anymore. Can you take it? But no, he's got to go do it really publicly in Rome. Um Again, douche hat. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know why he chose that particular means. Because but because he's a dramatic emo f tard. Because it it's suited the book well. Um, <laughs> but but the reason that he was doing this, by the way, because it's not just that he was like this weird depressed guy who just decided to kill himself. It's because he was devastated because he thought that Bella had killed herself. 
No, that's the definition of a weird depressed guy. Is when your girlfriend <laughs> kills her. Not, the, the, it's Romeo. Yeah, Romeo was a, was also a douche. Are you saying Romeo was weird and depressed? Yes. Okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll go as far as as to say that that's probably accurate. Okay, fine. But he was depressed because he thought that Bella, who he had left, and then and then that also kind of makes it all his fault that she did this. He thought that she had died, and so he was he didn't have any other reason to live anymore. So that's why he was doing this, which then explains why in the end, when um, Alice has a vision about it and they somehow, somehow get to Rome very fast. um, In a car. In a really fast car. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and they get, they get Bella to him just in time for her her to like jump jump onto him and knock him out of the sunlight. And and, and again, yes, no, I, I love how how what happens is that is is that there's no other way to do it that they can't like sort of find him that Alice has seen this and she doesn't have any other vampire friends who might help her out you know go he's thinking of doing this ghost up no it's it's of course it's got to be Bella who pushes him back in who it would have been great if she like bounced off him like like some punch like throwing a punch at Superman and then he steps out anyway and then really I mean it could have gone you know I don't know I just felt like again it was weird. Um, he doesn't do it. She stops him. He comes back and says, I'll never leave you again. Um, and that's that. And we get to the third book, which the third book and the third movie are better than the second book in the second movie. Um, so another upgrade. And I would say that of the series, I would say that the third book and the first half of the, of the fourth book are my favorite. Um, they're also the least romantic. Um, yeah. And getting more into sort of horror, slash superhero territory action yeah um the third book essentially is that uh the the third book essentially is that um edward's back home and uh and james the the person who came after bella in the first book his lover is is mad at bella and the cullens for killing james even though kind of like he came after it was like, his own fault. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and she's just gone nuts. But that, that doesn't matter. Yeah, she's and she is she's putting, she's trying to get revenge for her. She mate. is creating vampires in order to be an army for her, uh, an army of vampire slaves of her own to come attack. And so the Cullens have to fight off. That's essentially she is approaching. And that's sort of the story. That's sort of yeah. what the story is of the book. Um Within the preparation for that, uh, the wolves and the vampires have to work together, and that's that's the real story. Is is as they prepare for this big battle, what happens when Edward and Jacob have to be side by side, and Bella has to choose and whatnot, and you know things continue as they did in the first book. Um, sorry, things things continue as they did in the first book, where where. Edward controls her and then Jacob controls her and everybody makes every decision for her. Nothing that she says or wants to do is allowed to be done. Um, and then by the end, there's a big battle. Um, and I would say that I'm not painting it in a, like, it seems a lot less detailed than the other books and it, to a point it is, but it, I would say that what makes the book superior is what happens when Edward and Jacob have to hang out. And that would be their relationship. Well, it's like, like in the in the movie. I don't remember if it's like this in the book. In the movie, it's done so well that Bell is pretending to sleep as as Jacob and Edward are freely admitting to each other their love for her. Yeah, and their hatred or 
at least dislike of each other. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, there's a closeness among them. It's very much a sort of a, a, a Charles Xavier Magneto conversation. It has that sort of solemn seriousness, camaraderie almost, in that they both understand. Yeah. And I think, isn't that, that's also where... Uh, it's the it's the moment where they kind of go, you're kind of all right. Yeah, like they would actually maybe, maybe actually be friends, if not for the fact that they both want the yeah. same girl. And, and But isn't that, isn't that also where um, Edward then decides, because Jacob kind of convinces him to a point that Bella's life would be so much better and safer with him than with Edward. And then based on that... Edward kind of offers up the, you know, hey, doesn't he like make the offer at that point that he could like that it would be okay for Bella to kiss Jacob if that's what she wanted or something like that? I don't know. Again, the one thing that the one thing that a boyfriend would be like one thing that he could say, don't do (laughs) like, do you want to go for a drive in your car? No, I think it's too dangerous for you. I want to go. No, you can't. But. (laughs) <laughs> but you can kiss this guy that's wanted you forever. Yeah, that's a great idea. That you're already confused about. Douche nozzle. No, but it was something like he wanted he wanted her to make the decision for him. She He wanted her to pick him, but he wanted to give her that choice. And he wanted to give that option that, you know, if if her life might actually be better off without him and better off with Jacob, well, she needs to choose that. So make that decision battle ensues big giant like mega battle best part of the book really well done in the movie actually Um, uh, everything about that I kind of liked and I walked out of the movie actually the third movie going I found myself liking that despite my desire not to because I was so unfriendly toward the Twilight Saga and I actually I dug I dug the movie Eclipse. So now spoilers, if you've been watching the movies only, we're about to jump. Um, uh, There has been an agreement made between Bella and Edward. The Bella has to marry Edward if, in fact, she wants to be um, a vampire, which is what she wants to be. Um, Edward doesn't want her to be a vampire because he thinks that it like steals your soul or something. Uh, And... um, and so that being the case, but he wants to marry her and she's afraid of marriage probably because of her parents divorce and all that. So, and, you know, so it's a compromise. 18. She'll agree. Well, <laughs> yeah. And because she's 18, so she'll agree to marry him. If, it's okay. If she he was, will agree to turn her into a vampire. And it's worth noting that they have a completely sexless relationship up to this point. Um, they do. Yeah. Because of him, because he is, such because, a Stephanie, because, Not Stephanie because, Meyer, of her. <laughs> because Stephanie Meyer is Mormon and, and yes. can't have her characters have, premarital sex so but it but that even adds a little bit to him i think so they get married yes and go and go have brutal violent (laughs) dangerous sex they like break the house and she is injured all the time and he has to hold back all the time so once again the guy who again it's too dangerous for you to go to a drive go for a drive but if I have to get my nut off, oh, come on. <laughs> I will nearly kill you. But again, it's like it's there. It's like a cycle of abuse, though. Though here, I mean, no, here we, it's not. Now, now they're married, and he is hurting her. He is he's putting her in danger. 
he like he's not trying to hurt her and she every decision he makes every decision he makes is the wrong one he goes i don't want you to be a vampire she goes i want to be a vampire he goes i want you to be human for the first little while that we're married i want you to be human for the first little while that we're that's what i want and if it hurts you to do what i want even though it's not what you want and you are physically injured and in danger then fine we'll do that that's not it is no it is I disagree with the way you view that, but <laughs> it's funny in the news in the last 48 hours, Robert Pattinson has come out and said that he feels that there's no way that breaking Dawn should be not R rated. Oh yeah. I read that in the, I think it was, but I, yeah, I mean, look, she's there's violent sex. She's nude for a, a, a big section of the book. When she's giving birth, she's nude. And, and, and there's a whole thing about Jacob, like trying to like avert his eyes. And there's, there's like, it's definitely a part of, there, the fourth book is is graphic, um, yeah. But the, then then twenty four hours later, Summit came out and said, "No, it's going to be PG thirteen because thirteen year old girls are who we want in the film, in the in the audience in the seats." Um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I think they'll probably gloss over it, you know, or maybe they'll put it from her point of view. You know, they they can they'll find a way. So, uh, so. Th- the fourth book, um, I she, and this is awesome. Um, she gets pregnant, uh, which I guess has never happened before, or, or rarely. Ha- it's like it's an oddity; it shouldn't happen. Yeah, something like that. And she has a baby named uh, Connor. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> but you're talking about no. That's not right. No, that's not, not Connor. She doesn't have no. no sorry, that's I, someone else. That's Buffy. That's Angel. Um, yes, it's not Buffy who has Connor. No. That would be weird. No, it's Rita. I mean, Darla. I mean, <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, no, so she has bones. this She what? has this baby. Well, she's pregnant with a baby. She's pregnant with this baby. Who, her mother's name is Renee, and, and Esme is the the name of the Cullen's uh, mother, so her name's going to be... Renesme. <laughs> I know. It's stupid. <laughs> It's <laughs> It is. It's really stupid. Sorry. I hate that name. I don't know anyone who liked that. I thought that was that was a really bad choice. <laughs> and they were going to call her Nessie as Nessie. her nickname, which oh. which Bella didn't like because she thought it reminded her of the Loch Ness monster, I You're think. right. We wouldn't want to call her something ridiculous. <laughs> so instead we'll call her Renesme. Oh goodness. Yeah. Um so I uh, Renesmee is in her in her tummy and is is kicking and and basically becomes too strong. Think about the conversation in Mallrats about what Superman's baby would do, uh, and and starts killing her. Uh, so at the very last moment, of course, as she's going through labor, she gets turned into a vampire. A vampire, finally, because otherwise After she would all die. This, because otherwise she would die. After all this. But through hell, because Edward's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, fine. <laughs> um, and then, as if it wasn't creepy enough, uh, Jacob, who has been thoroughly rejected at this point, sees the baby and is um, bonded to her in a not entirely non-sexual way. It is not. I'm not saying it's a sexual way, but I'm saying that she, he sees the baby as his potential as is going to be his mate one day. 
Yes. Yes. But so he sees the baby and it's like, I'm going to get me some of that. That's not how it, you're making it sound really horrible. <laughs> it's, it is horrible. But it's not like that. It's, it's a, a werewolf thing. It's a, this bonding. Is that what they call it in the book? Yeah, bonding? it's a bonding. Um, where when, when one werewolf sees. Don't you guys want to go see it? <laughs> it's mate. They just know. And he, he, for many, many pages in different books. And I don't remember if it was in just this they one or in three, but they, they, they yeah. talk about someone else who's had that experience. He tells Bella about it and he stares longingly at her and she's like, stop trying to bond with me. <laughs> um, so, but he's never experienced it himself and he Gross. doesn't, and he doesn't go in there thinking that, that that's going to be what happens. He goes in there. I, I believe if I recall, he, he, he goes he in to try it, and kill yeah. the baby because he thinks yeah. it's evil. So his intent is to go in and kill it. And instead, he, he falls in deep sexual love with it. It's not sexual. It's, it will be. Not. It will be. One day when they're both grown ups. Yes. It will but. be. <laughs> I mean, look, if if I. OK, I loved I loved uh, kick ass. Right. And and it's the equivalent. It's the creepiness equivalent of seeing like hit girl in kick ass and going, oh, I can't wait till she grows up. But you got to take it better. Remember. Remember how people were like counting down to when uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen like turned eighteen? Yes, Remember gross. That? Yeah. Now I want to, I want you to imagine people doing that back when they were babies on Full House. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's the he's essentially going. I cannot wait. No, he's not. It's not like that. They're, you don't think it's going to be? It you don't starts think, out right, when she's twelve. No, no. When she's, when she's budding. When she's like no. starting to have little girly parts. No. You don't. You don't think that there's he's there's not there's not going to be an element of of we get to consummate our relationship at this point. No, it's it wrong. No, because he even wrong. describes the way that it happened for someone else for another werewolf that um that had met the person when they were much what younger. What part of too. this is not creepy? It's not <laughs> he because he talks about Good how Lord. it's more like um. I'm putting this down. Sorry for the thunk, guys. Okay, like go on. it's more like um a protective brother or uncle or friend or something until later when I want to get her naked that that at first it's more of playing an additional parental role or something not parental but something something where he's a guardian over her he's watching over her and it's not and he would you know watch her play or whatever like it's not Mm. stop it's not like that (laughs) at first stop it's not it seems like that not well that's how it seems you read a different book no i read the same I book. Read. <laughs> um so eventually it she, will be interesting to see how she becomes she becomes a vampire and she is a badass vampire is yeah. she i've heard what were her powers exactly what powers did she have she was oh yeah um she's like well for one thing she's immune to everyone else's powers. everyone else's powers which is um, very handy yeah. for some of the Volturi powers that they have. But, like but the mind powers. Yeah, anything related to the mind, she can create this. Um, <laughs> I think you've described it as a thought bubble. A magic, magic thought bubble. Magic thought bubble. <laughs> but she can create this sphere of protection around herself. And she she, get, she it, comes it makes, to it, learn every, that she can actually... Everybody gets a ne- ne- negative, negative six armor class if she does that. <laughs> okay. Um, 
so I'm not but uh, okay. So she comes to learn that she can actually expand that out to protect other people as well as herself. But that's not all. No, she can do everything awesome. She's also, because she's a newborn, she's really, really strong. But that doesn't usually help newborns because they're completely out of control. Except she. Yeah, except she's she, immune to that immune as to well. That. So she is superhumanly strong, superhumanly fast. But not out of control like not the out other of control. newborns are. Um, isn't attracted to human blood um, very much. Uh, is able to... Uh, um, beat up the strongest of them, resist the strongest of the of the of the mental powers. Um, she kind of is just like a complete super vampire. She's super vampire. <laughs> um, of course she is. Of course she is. And at that point, it's so much girl power, wish fulfillment, blah. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Well, here's the thing. The wonderful thing about this is that all she ever gets to do with this power is train. Because not just train. Who does she battle? No, but that's the whole point of the of the magic thought bubble thing is that it protects those people so, so they what, don't right. have to go into battle. There, there is there is a a um, an adage when it comes to writing dramatic literature that says you never introduce yeah. a gun in the first act unless you're going to pull it out in the third. Um, they are like she is so badass, you know. She's so awesome, you know. It'd be like you know sometimes. <laughs> They did it once for effect on purpose in a movie called Slither, um, just to be funny, where they talked about how they needed to beat the bad guy and they were going to go get a grenade. And they spent 20 minutes going to get the grenade and then they bring the grenade to blow up the bad guy. And then as a joke, the grenade is knocked out of their hand and it blows up in a pool. It's a joke when they do it in that movie, because it's like you start thinking, oh, this is going to be so important. And then it's knocked out and they're like, oh, no, what do we do now? In this case. She's so super incredible and they get so many incredible warriors around who they talk about everybody's abilities and what they can do and where they they're from. There's this whole army and it's all about getting the ar- essentially the the plot of the book is the Volturi has had enough of the Collins. They're like, "Okay, F you guys, we're going to come kill you now." And well, the Volturi and, brings and, their and not just not just because they're sick of them, but also it also has to do with the baby with Renesmee. Yeah, yeah. Because they think that um I think it's that they they think that they've maybe turned a human baby yeah, not into sure. a vampire. They're yeah. not really sure how it happened, and that's something that is absolutely forbidden, illegal in their society. And yeah. so, um, so they're coming to kill, the, destroy the baby, and um, everybody else in the Cullen family. Sure. Um, and and as part of that, um, the Cullens get a bunch of like basically a, a ragtag band of, of, of warriors on their side versus the very organized. It's, it's much like Braveheart. It's like, like the, the, the vulture of the British and Braveheart. And then, then, you know, the Cullens or the Scottish people just getting together groups of people who are there to fight for their freedom from the Volturi and they're squared off. And when you hear about all the abilities that everybody has and you spend a long time getting to meet them and you, you, you know, you hear for a long time about how awesome Bella is and you see how well she trains and you're like, I'm ready to see her fight. This is awesome. And then you get to the end of the book and as the battle's about to happen, she stops the battle from happening with her magic thought bubble. Yes. Yes. And there is no battle. Yeah. So why is there a second half of this book? What's the um, point? What What's mean? the point? Why? Like she has the baby book ends end of story she has the baby she's a vampire they kiss they live happily ever after book ends everything that happens afterward doesn't matter because it would be too short 
It's like it's all. No, the book's pretty freaking thick, and it's just it's a it's all about. No, it's it's all about a battle that almost happens. The werewolves are there. Yeah, but they never would have been able to really explain and explore this power that she had, and and they've made reference to it throughout the other books that she wasn't affected by things. The fact that Edward can't read her mind and can read everyone else's. Like they've there have been these little clues. They have to pay off somewhere. They don't. The key to destroying the Death Star is you must fly down this corridor and blow it up with your torpedo. Wait a minute. We don't have to blow up the Death Star. Let's no, all go they, home. The Empire are friends. Yay! Okay, fine. They don't pay off in a guy way with big exclo- explosions and stuff. They don't they pay, pay off in any kind of they dramatic They pay way. off in a way that... All right, I've never asked you this question. I'll ask you this question. Don't you wish the battle had happened? I don't know that I do. I was I was wanting them her to be able to stop it and... And everybody Maybe stop be it before safe. God. Yeah, not everybody, but I mean, you could have lost some people. I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm not. It's not that I'm bloodthirsty. Like as, Rosalie, as, uh, who we completely uh, didn't even mention earlier. Like, yeah, she yeah. could just be gone. Or, or, or any of the other people that you've met, or you know, or the other people who come to their side, or you know, a couple of the werewolves that you don't care that much about. But instead, but instead, it's you know, I'm okay, Voldemort. Let's be friends. <laughs> no you don't have yeah no it's it's the it's the final like it's like watching the season finale of a show and nothing happens it's the it, it doesn't nothing happens what happens is that her powers have grown enough and she's able to get her thought bubble thing is it, it <laughs> be honest is it loyalty making you say this or do you think i'm right um what that that was an or that didn't have an option for me to s- <laughs> either you're right or it's just loyalty right, making sorry, me sorry. say this do you think i'm wrong or do or is it loyalty that's um i don't know somewhere in between maybe like like it's it's, it's partially a- that i'm very very loyal to the twilight books and and the author and the story and i love it and then partially and so part of me is like, I can see your point, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not that bothered that there wasn't a battle. I'm not that bothered that they didn't end up fighting and have to fight for their lives. Like I, I wanted what Bella wanted in the book, which was for it all to be done and okay. And everybody to be safe and happy and her daughter to be safe. Sure. And not killed. And, and so I, and, and, and I, if the way to do that, I'm not saying that you have to kill Edward. I'm not saying that was good. I'm not saying it has to have a Shakespearean Hamlet esque ending, but I am saying that, that again, there's no, from a guy point of view, it would have been better if there was a battle that then they won or if something, if there was any cost of any kind and there isn't, it's cost free. It's all yeah. cost free. Everyone, everyone's okay. Super mega happy ending. It's just too. <laughs> It's, I don't know, it's asinine, as far as I'm concerned. I liked it. I know you did. Um, let's talk real quick about the, uh, the odd dichotomy of fan base, because I've noticed when I went to go see the movie with you, that there are two groups in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 10 to 14-year-old girls. Yep. Not a lot of 14 to 25-year-olds. And then, like, you get... To about twenty five to forty five, and suddenly you have this this group of of I, in fact right around thirty. I, like everyone I know who is a fan of Twilight is is like thirty and up. Yeah, and it's 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 how, how, wives. I don't want to yeah. say housewives because it's I they like most of the women I've known who are wives who 
have been fans of this um, have a uh, have ha, are actually professionals, and and I don't want to I, I don't want to connote a, uh, a a June Cleaver type, but really like we're talking like educated, you know, hardworking, you know, corporate yeah. people who are more powerful than I am in the corporate world. You yeah, know. we're not just little teeny boppers that are excited yeah. about the story. <laughs> um, what the, what the f is what? <laughs> like where wh- I don't know. Ex- explain to me the 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 fantasy aspect for that. Um, is it wanting to go back and be like wish that that some dark emotional guy in high school tried to whisk you away from your bad choices? No, no, I don't. I don't know why there's. If only that had happened for you, because <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know what. I don't know why there's not an appeal to even more. Like I don't, I don't know. Oh, I, 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 like, I, I can't, could. I can't tell you. I don't know that there's necessarily different different reasons why the teen girls like it as opposed to why my friends and I like it. I, I don't know why that group somewhere in the middle, in the late teens to mid twenties, are not necessarily big fans, or or maybe they are, and we just haven't noticed. I don't know. But um, I don't, I don't know. I just know for me, it was just the, um, the Romeo and Juliet bit of it where they're kind of, it's in a way kind of this forbidden thing. I can't wait to have sex with that baby. (laughs) Oh, stop. You know, know, someone's going to isolate that audio and it's going to come back to, (laughs) now I said they're going to, now I know they're going to, oh no, I'm in trouble. No, but it's it's just this. It's what I said before that it's like this. The appeal is it's this guy who is super powerful and super strong who and comes to save you. Who who comes to save you, but who and also you. no stop. Who try to kill you? Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's that he's this godlike creature. He could he could have anyone, and he chooses you. And it's so like, it's the rock star effect. I mean, what maybe you're, a little what you're bit. talking about is like it's like why. Good girls will go out and f rock stars. I guess, yeah. That, like, I mean, like he could and, have anyone, but and he's choosing to spend this moment with me. And that's Bella's whole feeling throughout the entire thing. Is she's so wrapped up in him, and she's constantly throughout the book. And I don't know if they portrayed it as well in the movie, but throughout the book, she is constantly second guessing: Why is he with me? What on earth could there be about me? And she's Again, constantly. You don't, you don't find that as unhealthy. Him. You don't find that as unhealthy no. as as, so, as someone who who wouldn't go who wouldn't go. I am a worthwhile being. I'm a worthwhile human being. I ask being. myself that about you all the time. Right, right. Your <laughs> nose just grew. It's amazing. No, I don't. I don't look at it as a bad thing. I just he is just so. Um, I don't know. Overbearing, controlling. No. His giant forehead. He's. <laughs> he's. He has an unusually no. large forehead. No, he's just so. He does. So in love with her. And so devoted to her. And I love that they they both feel the same things about each other and feel the same insecurities about themselves, even though they're so different. Their makeup is so different. You know, he is he's a vampire. He he's does wear powerful, a lot all of that stuff. <laughs> well, they need to, you know, make him glitter the right sparkle oh the right ways. <laughs> Which Alexi or him. But it's just, it's just this appeal of, yeah, this this superhuman guy who could have anyone that he wants and he chooses you the the regular old normal nobody person that you know wow 
That's awful. It's, it's not. It is. It's so, it's it's demeaning. No, it's not. It's like, it's this abusive guy, but I think he's so great and I can't no, possibly find anyone not, else like him. So. He's not, he's not abusive and he's not, okay, you have your points about why you say that, but within the context of the Just story. Just because he does lots of abusive and stop. dangerous no, things doesn't listen. make him abusive or dangerous. Within the context of the story, it is not portrayed in the story <laughs> as him being abusive. It is, she does not feel he's being abusive so, whatever. I don't know how else to defend that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, I guess, I mean, the, the only thing I'm going to say about, about wrapping it up is uh, is you used to be really, really into it. Less so now. Um, yeah. Uh, I've found other things to get into. Buffy versus Twilight. Um, What's more dear to your heart? If one had to be deleted beyond her style from existence, what would it be? Uh, that's a really hard choice. Do I have to choose one? <laughs> it wasn't a hard choice before. I know. It was well, obviously before Twilight came out. Buffy. No, no. I mean, I mean, but, when you were in the, in the but yeah, when I was, but uh, when I was in the middle of reading all the books and had just finished them and was in the beginning of wanting to start rereading them, um, and waiting for the movies to come out and everything, uh, I definitely, I definitely would have said, well, I don't, I, I love Buffy, but Twilight is it. And I think that it is it with a sh in front of it. <laughs> I think that um, I think the movies kind of ruined it for me a little bit because they didn't really. And that's the thing I feel like Eclipse finally started. I think that one thing they did, and we talked really briefly about the movies. The first movie had no budget. They hired a director who didn't really know what she was doing. They made a lot of terrible, terrible mistakes. Um, the second director was a little better than the third director, David Yates. They were smart. Um, they were smart when they hired him and uh, they um, they he was the guy who directed a movie called 30 Days of Night, which is a vampire movie. And immediately I noted when the movie started, the opening scene of Eclipse was the most exciting thing I had seen in any, any of the Twilight movies. The vampires in that scene were scary and they were dangerous and they were hardcore. Um, and throughout the film, the vampires seemed dangerous and hardcore. Um, yeah. And scary. But and in the first couple, they just seemed silly a lot of the time. Yeah, they did and I didn't, seem really, I really silly. That's really, a good word. really didn't like the way that there were just so many things that were done wrong with Edward. And in, Jasper. In the first and, two movies. But Ed, I mean, with all of them, but Edward was like the most important one of, of any of the vampires to get right. Edward was kind of like the whole story hinges on him and Bella. And just if you, blinked a lot. And if she you, blinked and if a you thousand can't, times. I'm going to ruin Twilight for you. Next time, guys, when you're out there, watch it. Try and count how many times Bella Swan blinks. Because she, I mean, honestly, like the girl had something in her eye. <laughs> yes, but I just, I mean, there were so many bad choices that I can't even begin to describe all of them. But just a few would be like, like the sparkle scene that, that the scene is in the book it is this tender moment between them they're out in these meadows they're sharing with each other he decides that he wants to share with her who he really truly is and, 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 and in the movie it's, it's a and say so, it yeah and, he, and he, he he like <laughs> takes vampire. his shirt off and shows her look this is who i really am and he's embarrassed by it He's not yeah. showing it off in the book. He's embarrassed by it, but he wants her to know the real him. He should be embarrassed and, by it. And she 
thinks it's wow it's beautiful it's like diamonds you know she thinks it's great and she's trying to encourage him about it in the movie he's like mad and like you want to see who i am this is who i really am and he like rips his shirt off and that's not at all how it was that's just ridiculous and you're right you're right if he hadn't done that it would be really it would make perfect sense (laughs) no but it would have been better and the same thing with the scene where like he flings her onto his back and jumps out his window from his room and, and starts climbing the trees with her and stuff. That was done totally differently in the book. In the book, again, it was much more a part of their relationship thing that like she wanted to see what his life was like and he wanted to share his world. And so he like took her and was like showing her, look, I can climb these trees and we can be up in these trees together or something. We can but climb in the, a tree. <laughs> but in the, but in the, in the movie, in the movie, again, it was like, Hey, want to see something? And he just like flings her on his back and runs <laughs> fast and jumps up in the trees. It's just all I could wear you like a backpack. Did, they just really did not do it, <laughs> it justice. Can I call you Timberland? <laughs> it just was. I don't know. I I did not like how they did that. Well, I mean, it's um, the third movie gives me some hope. I I will go on record as saying that that of all the books of all the movies, the third movie is my favorite thing about the twilight saga so far. I like it better than the book. I like it better than the other movies. I like, I feel like somebody saw, um, it's really interesting. Uh, now I said David Yates and I might be wrong. David Yates might be the one who directed, uh, Harry Potter. Now I can't remember, but much like the third Harry Potter movie, it took the world and made it a little darker and a little more dangerous. And, and if they can manage to do that in the fourth, I don't know what the hell they're going to do in the fourth movie. I'll be honest. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I am a little bit. It's going to be two movies, wanna, you know. I don't want to say it, but I am a little bit like I'm okay with it being done now. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you saying that because I bought you the third movie, and you watched the first movie a hundred times when we got it. Yeah. The second movie you watched probably six or seven times. You've not seen the third movie since we saw it in the I theater. I know, and, and you, you bought and, it for me for. And Christmas, it's the one. Christmas, it's the one. Do you like that one less? Um, because it's the no. it's the one that I like most. I don't think so. I think it's more that I'm just kind of starting to feel a little bit over it. And are you over Buffy? No. All right. Well, I think that's no, the answer. That, yeah, that answers that. I mean, I never, I'll never truly be over Buffy, and that I'll and and I couldn't erase Buffy because that would be like remember me like that episode. I will and remember I just, you from Angel. Yeah, I will remember you from Angel. Yeah. I just, I, I could never. Well, they want to erase Buffy by making a Jossless Buffy movie. Have you heard which about is, that? Which is stupid. Don't do it. No. Find the petition. Um, <laughs> well, I think, I mean, look, we've, we've talked for an hour. I think we've certainly, we've covered a lot of ground. I think we've. I, I do want to say all right. for anybody who might actually be listening to this and, and have read the books and haven't heard about the, the fourth and a half <laughs> book. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I the short second like that, a Tanner. No, 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 no. The um, the one that she oh, got halfway through writing. Yeah, I do think that's worth a read. Is it still on her website? Um, I think so. I know it was on stephaniemeyer dot com. It's a retelling of Twilight from the point of view yeah. of Edward. It retells the the, I believe it was going to be all four of the books from Edward's point of view, but since he's able to read minds, it's really retelling it from everyone's point of view. For the for the geeks for the geeks out there, it's it's the Ender's shadow of of the Twilight books. Yeah. Where it's and the it's, same the same cr- chronologically very, the same period of time, but but the different perspective gives you a totally different idea of what's going on. Yeah. And I found it very interesting because coming coming out of um the first movie 
being that I've read that book and also the first book, um, there were parts of it that I felt like I knew what was going on um, more than maybe some of the other people who'd, who were watching the movie. How is, let's talk really briefly about Brie Tanner. How was that book? Um, I liked it. It was short, but... Um, the short second book <laughs> of Brie Tanner. <laughs> um, it was interesting to see things from the point of view. Brie Tanner is one of the... Um, newborns in the army that victoria creates in the third in eclipse, book yeah and it's just an interesting telling of what it was like her to be experience on side. being on victoria's side that it that they were the you newborns know, it's, it's, were it's, it's not all they weren't all in on what was going on they were all being told that the cullens were trying to take over now it's interesting to know that, that stephanie meyer wanted to write an alternate version of Twilight with the Edward books and then didn't because the fans got a hold of it, released it online. And she's like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, and so she didn't, but then, and she said, okay, I'm done with Twilight. But then she came back and wrote another Twilight book, which was an alternate retelling of yeah. the events in the Twilight books. So she just of that one, you know, she didn't one move, section she didn't of move forward with the story. She didn't go to a prequel. She didn't do, she did as she was going to do uh, an ender shadow. Um, just and it's interesting. Very, I, very different. I wonder if I want. I mean, I, I'll end it all by going. I think that I don't see her as being a J.K. J.K. Rowling who's going to stand by. I, th- I see her as as she'll go back to the well. I'll bet. I, I will. I would like. I, I will bet you. I'll bet you. We have not seen the the last of Twilight. I would read it. I mean, I've 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 read anything that was available and. We, we. I've been staring this whole time at the back of a Twilight Scene It box, right next to my Star Trek Scene It. And so. I have all of the coffee and, you table know, I, let me come out. Let me come out and say, I, it's okay to like shit. It's okay <laughs> because you know what? I will. I will say the Enterprise was shit, and I watch a lot of it. A lot of people. I will admit the problem with the Star Wars prequels, um, and a lot of people hate them, but I, I like them, and I'll defend them. And in the back of my mind, I'll go, okay, yes, I know they are vastly inferior. Yes, but I like them. And I like them because I like them because they I get yeah. to go to a world that I like when I watch them. So and that's I how I feel about it. Twilight. I, that I, I like it because I like it and I am a fan. I have become not uh, it's not that I've become less of a fan. I, I'm less. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Fanatical. <laughs> Which, by the way, fan is short. Fanatic. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah. I still like it. I still like the stories. I still, I'm looking forward to seeing the last movie, Z- movies. Um, I would read more if she wrote more in the universe. But it's now like, it's another thing but, you like, not the thing you But like. yeah, it's, I'm not, that's what it is. It's that I'm not, um, before I was A year and a half obsessed, ago, anything Twilight would be good Obsessed with Twilight. And now I like it, but I'm, it's one of the things I like. Yeah. It's not that I'm obsessed with it anymore. Well, I. Uh, but it was fun being obsessed with something while. while sure, I yeah. Well, I and I actually and even though I thought that the books were crap, I you have to admit I did support it in every possible yes. way. I got you everything you. I mean, I it's. I loved that you were into something. I have that. Twilight things hanging in my office, including a Twilight calendar. Yeah. I have um, Twilight posters in our house. I oh have Twilight seen it. We I have it into the bathroom. I have, we move the poster into the bathroom. <laughs> you know, so every, I have, uh, every time table I'm, books every time I'm taking a poo, I can just look right up and look at Edward. You can look at Edward and say, hi, Edward. <laughs> hi, Edward. Um, 
Yeah. Awful. I mean, Awful. I have I have twilight pens. I wrote with a twilight yeah. pen at a business meeting on sure. Friday or on Thursday. I mean, that's amazing. Um, You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that's that's great. I I enjoyed this. I hope you come back and do more. Sure. Um. Okay. Well. Uh, at some point. Um. For pop off, I'm Justin. And I'm Kelly. Pop off. Bye. We are now part of the Enlight Podcast Network with such awesome shows like Trek Off, Pop Off, The Hot Mess Podcast with Phil Stamper, and Ninjas vs. You. Subscribe to those. They're going to be fun. It's going to be neat. But we're still number one. Because we're supposed to be. Because we're the oldest. Enlightpodcast.com. Go there.